Welcome back to Conservative Conversations. I'm your host, Reed. And I'm Frank. Today we have a special best of episode. I'll be out of town during our typical recording time, so we decided to do something a little different to still give you guys an episode. That's right. According to YouTube, uh, what you're about to hear are snippets of conversations from our top three performing episodes. So maybe if you haven't listened to the longer version, you'll be able to appreciate these. Or if you did listen to the longer version, maybe you'll still appreciate these snippets. Yeah, some of them are still sort of relevant to what's going on now. And we hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also subscribe on YouTube. And be sure to come back in two weeks to hear a regular episode. And as always, thanks for listening. The Queen of England has died recently, a couple weeks ago, since we last recorded. And uh, it's a pretty big deal to some people. Not so much to others, um, but it is a pretty big moment, especially you know, she was a queen for 70 years. That's a long time. Uh, a lot of people only ever knew her as the you know their queen, and uh, it will be quite a change for those in the United Kingdom. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a good point about how, you know, she was on the throne for 70 years. And for a lot of people, they're the only, she's the only monarch Mm -hmm. they've ever known. So it's kind of interesting losing that piece of history, really. That's what she was. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sort of the link to the older generations with the the greatest generation. Right. Um, So in a way, it's sad. Yeah, definitely. But she couldn't live forever. Of course so. not. She was 96 years old at her passing, which is quite a long, long life. So now England has a king for the first time in a long time. Right. So that'll be interesting to see how he reigns, uh, if there's any big differences between the two. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how long he'll reign, because he himself is like in his 70s, I believe. Yeah. Uh, King Charles III, I believe, his title. Sounds right to me. Yep. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not big on the Brit stuff. You know? Neither am I, but I did find it somewhat interesting, but I guess maybe it's not that interesting that he kept uh, Charles as his name because uh, oftentimes they pick a different name. Right. Um, but I guess it, it fit. He was already a Charles, and I guess he wanted to be the next Charles, so it just happened to work out for him. Well, I just wonder how it'll go. I've heard from different people that he's not that well liked over there. So right, um, I don't get the sense that very many of them are well liked. <laughs> the ones that are left. Well, what's the point of a monarchy anymore, anyway? Right. Don't know. We uh, we gave all that up. So. Oh yeah. Anyway, and thank God. Right. I mean. That's one thing that makes George Washington so special because he could have made himself a king, basically, but he chose not to because they didn't fight the war against the British just for him to become a king. Right. So it's uh, quite an interesting contrast, maybe. 
But then I guess with that, we'll move on to our next uh, big story that happened. One of my topics is kind of, well, it's not, it's not related. Um, but it is sort of a, a follow-up to some stories I've covered regarding uh, like the level of crime in our big cities. Um, recently on um, this podcast called Morning Wire, which is produced by Daily Wire, uh, it's like a 15-minute daily uh, news show, podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, and they often cover stories that aren't really in the headlines. Um, and they recently had on a guy by the name of Jim Nels, who is a Washington examiner, examiner contributor. And um, he's been reporting on... Um, his investigative reporting on the number of progressive DAs uh, that are being elected in the city, in these cities. Right. And um, one of the things he found, which I've definitely heard uh, several times before, um, since 2016, uh, George Soros has spent more than $40 million to elect 75 uh, prosecutors. And those 75 prosecutors cover more than 20% of the American population. Wow. Which is, which is a lot. It's just those, you know, 75 covering just 20% of the population. Seems kind of like a high percentage for that small of a number. Yeah. But um, uh, he's found that these prosecutors often um, are funded by you know, George Soros's political action committees, these PACs that uh, raise funds and donate to campaigns and stuff like that. Right. Um. And oftentimes the PACs uh, push for policies to uh, like decriminalize nonviolent crimes, to fund the police, um, you know, and have want to push for different social justice and racial justice uh, uh, policies, stuff like that. Right, the new justice, as some people call it. Right. Yep. And he. He's uh, found that in a lot of the cases, in these cities, they're not able to, like the politicians aren't able to get the laws, certain laws passed because they don't have the numbers for them. Right. So they just use these progressive DAs to not enforce the current laws. Isn't that clever? Yeah, it is. And um, he's got a few examples that he talks about in this interview um, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Um, uh, let's see where it go. Oh, okay. And in uh, Philadelphia and Chicago, an example of some of these nonviolent crimes that they um, decriminalize is uh, uh, resisting arrest. That's one of them in both cities. Um, which... 
whether or not one might think that's really a crime or not, but it definitely uh, causes problems if, you know, that's a lot of the, the beginnings of these police videos we see often cases where somebody's resisting the commands of the officer. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's one example of some of the things they're uh, trying to decriminalize. He's, I got another one here. Um, yeah, also in the same two cities of Chicago, Philadelphia, um, uh, the DAs aren't prosecuting people for uh, illegal possession of firearms. Um, for example, in Philadelphia, arrest for illegal possession of firearms are up three times since their level in 2017, but convictions for the crimes have gone down from 65% to 49%, uh, in part because like the case, the charges are being pled down or they're just not being pursued at all. Hmm. And well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's it just kind of ties into, like I said, stuff I've mentioned before that how we've seen these increases in crime rates in these cities, and this is just one piece of the puzzle of, of why it's happening because uh, the DAs and the prosecutors aren't, you know trying to convict the, the criminals for the crimes that they're committing so they uh, are being incentivized to go out and do it again because they, they know they won't get in trouble for it. Well, I've got a couple things to say about that, if, sure. if you don't mind. I would say that um, well, it's an old question but I would ask, who prosecutes the prosecutors? Because that obviously needs to be done. If yeah. they're derelict in their duty I mean, right. that's that's almost a crime. They can't be yeah. elected and then disobey the laws that they're elected to prosecute. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, that that is a problem. That's a horrible problem. Yeah. And then, you know, so I would think of solutions, and there's an interesting one out there. I don't know that it's an American solution. We'll have to find our own. But, you know, other nations have battled this George Soros, too. Mm-hmm. And there have been countries like Hungary. Hungary is a perfect example. They even have a stop Soros law right. that combats um, illegal immigration, or, or yeah. essentially immigration into their country. They, it heavily curtails mm-hmm. the immigration that was happening before the law. <clears throat> yeah, I've definitely heard of that. Um, uh, Tucker Carlson's done reporting on Hungary. Seen some of his right, videos. that's right on Fox Nation. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, I remember he put out those series of uh, interviews or whatever it was yeah. with Zelensky or oh, not not Zelensky. It wouldn't be Zelensky. It would. It's that other fella whose name um, I can't recall. I can't recall his name either at the moment. But yeah, those those were pretty good, uh, pretty good series. Mm-hmm. But um, you the other point that I'd like to make, if you don't mind, is one that you know. I mean, you'd think that these almost like socialist liberal types wouldn't approve of one rich man right. buying that much of an influence when he's not even a citizen of these municipalities. Yeah. Yeah, well, I 
I would think uh, in a lot of cases, you know, especially if you want to like stereotype, like or not stereotype, but use college students as a demographic example, uh, like these socialist liberal types, mm-hmm. they're probably not even told anything about the fact that these DAs are being funded by George Soros. Surely not. So, I mean, they wouldn't even question that. Well, it's the type of thing, if you just took the factoid that you just said, that he owns like 20% of America's attorneys or whatever. Essentially. If you went and asked that without saying a name to a college liberal, Mm -hmm. you said if one man who doesn't even live in the United States influenced 20% of the DAs, Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you be upset by that? I'm sure they'd say, yeah. well, yeah, no yeah. rich man needs that much power. Yeah. How, they'd probably jump to conclusions and say, how dare Donald Trump? Right. Right? Because <laughs> the fact that I said he's not a citizen wouldn't even matter to them. They're right. so hell-bent on their... Well, then I think if you start to get into specifics and tell them what kind of stuff these DA support, but then they, they support that stuff too. So they, you get them questioning, well... Maybe I, I don't mind it or whatever stuff uh-huh. like that. Yeah. So they're willing to look. Maybe past I'm it. a little George Soros acolyte. Who is this George Soros yeah. anyway? <laughs> right. Well, and lastly on this topic, uh, this Jim Nels has previously reported, uh, and he mentions in this interview how uh, this the rates of crime and the fact that. Uh, Criminals aren't being prosecuted for the crimes has uh, negatively impacted police officer morale. Oh, yeah. And um, which makes absolute sense. I said this out loud while I was listen- first listening to this interview. How many times can the police go arrest the same faces over and over again before they get tired of doing it and discouraged from doing it? Yeah. But also he's reported in his home city of Chicago that since 2019, uh, over 3,000 police officers have left the Chicago police force and only half have been replaced. And um, even more uh, upsetting is that in Chicago, the police officer uh, trying to be sensitive about the word because YouTube doesn't like the 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 S word oh yeah 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 well well you could say self cancellation yes that works uh, 60% no I'm sorry I'm just kind of saying this fact backwards the self cancellation rate of Chicago police officers is 60% higher than the national average. And on top of that... Do you mind to repeat that? Yeah. Um, The police officer's self-cancellation rate uh, in Chicago is 60% higher than the national average. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I think that actually would make sense. I mean, their hands are so tied and it's practically a war zone. Well, he also points out that since um, 2018, when Kim Fox uh, took office, more than 20 
And she's one of those Soros types. Yes, one of the 20 mm-hmm. officers have self-canceled themselves. Which is truly Tragic. sad. Yeah, because yeah. he says nobody's reporting on this in Chicago very much. But luckily he is, and hopefully more people will see his reporting, especially in Chicago, and try to demand some change. It's just terrible. Yeah. They they need... We've addressed it before on this channel, but it mm-hmm. starts with that Lori Lightfoot. I'm sorry. Sure. Because even, even if Kim Fox was still in the job, mm-hmm. if they had a good person leading Chicago, <clears throat> Kim Fox wouldn't be able to get away with that. Yeah, exactly. It's good leadership. They, they lack it in right. Chicago. They have for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've mentioned this problem too. I mean, with with statistics like this, what what person in Chicago is going to want to go be a police officer? Well, they'd better pay a million dollars yeah. a year, right? I mean, because like I mentioned, one of his statistics is that only half of the police officers who have left have been replaced, and it makes sense. Like I just said, who who is going to want to go be a police officer other than Desperate people, yeah, and potentially. Well, then the whole department's going to go downhill. Sure, well, because yeah. they'll have to throw out you know a blanket wide offer to get right. people in. They'll just say, "Okay, we'll take mm-hmm. you with a criminal history. We'll take you with drug problems. We'll right. take you well, just as long as you can breathe. Come on right. in. We'll take you." And well, I'll just, where's your police force going to be then? Well, I'll put a tie it up with this since you said that. Uh, this is what we saw in Memphis recently with that. Uh, when those police officers beat the, that young man mm-hmm. to death. Yeah. Uh, the Memphis Police Department had lowered their requirements, and I'd have to go try to look for an article again, but I'm pretty sure I heard that at least one of those five officers were a convicted felon mm-hmm. prior to them Well, being it just employed. makes sense. I mean, you're seeing it in every industry. Why not with the cops as well? Yeah. Do you see it with the Army, for goodness sakes? Right. They've lowered their standards. Mm-hmm. Now to be a Navy SEAL, they've lowered their standards. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I don't want to get up on my soapbox, but I think it all goes back to that no child left behind. That was such a lowering of the bar mm-hmm. that I think that's what people have just grown up with now. Is Let's just lower the bar. Everybody yeah. can graduate. Everybody can jump over, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't jump over? Let's put it down lower. It's, it seems like we're racing towards the bottom. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, these weak DAs and the lowering of the standards and a whole bunch of other stuff is multifaceted reasons why we see these increases in crime in the city. And hopefully one day we'll get the right people to start making some changes where in these cities so people can feel safe to live there. Yeah. When I think, not to just stay on that topic, but I think that's the real tragedy with the self-cancellation angle, mm-hmm. is think of how much those people, those cops must have loved Chicago. Yeah, That exactly. they felt that they couldn't even pick up their 30-year career and move somewhere mm-hmm. else, that they didn't want to leave Chicago, and right. they were so overwhelmed that they were just going to die there if, if that's what it, if that's where they were at. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, this is a free country, and I understand loving a place. 
but and I understand wanting to die for a sure. place, but to do that, I don't know. It just it hurts the soul. Sure does. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> definitely. And that moves us to our next topic. Speaking of Joe Biden, uh, just recently he has announced his re-election campaign. Yay! What? <laughs> what? I was, re-elected? I thought... Or yeah, his re-election campaign. Isn't he like a hundred? <laughs> Almost. He's uh, he's what eighty right now. So yeah, he's he's closer to a hundred than he is. Not twenty. Yeah, not <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Wow. Can't but, believe uh, it. Yeah, he uh, put out a roughly three minute long video. It was. Yeah, I saw him. it. It was pretty cheesy. Yeah, like uh, I'm not actually shocked. I just think it's right. shocking. It is shocking. Right. He's going to be like the oldest president ever. Yeah. Uh, and Good job, Democrats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's, uh, you need some brain-dead loony to do your work for you. Ugh. Now that it's official, I can't see them trying to back anybody else for the nomination. I mean, I guess they still might. Uh who knows, but I don't know who they're going to replace him with. Pelosi, Pelosi, oh Pelosi. The most hated woman in America. Isn't she, like, older than him by, yeah. like, a couple She's years? She's, like, 110. <laughs> oh, gosh. She once rode a pterodactyl. Oh, really? She was the Flintstones next door neighbor. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I, I think he might try to do his uh, hiding-in-the-basement stunt again. He's not going to go out on the trail so often. No big rallies. Well, it got him elected the first time. Right, exactly. Because even in this re-election video, I mean, from my understanding, there's no live, like, live footage of him. It's all been, like, you know, stuff that's been taped before. And you don't see him speaking. You hear him speaking, but it's all, like, voiceover. Um so they, they don't even want to, like, you know, show him in real action. Of course not, because you know why? I mean, the Trump campaigns write themselves. All you have to do is have Joe Biden's voice, like a voiceover, like you're just saying. You remember how he said of Trump, he said, watch how he walks down ramps and I run upstairs. Right. And you then know, show him like falling that? off his And then bike. show him falling over and over yeah. and over and over and over. And do it deadpan. Right. Dead serious. And just show him falling. No laugh reel. Nothing like that. Right. It's great. <laughs> and then uh, just over the weekend as we're recording, they had the White House Correspondents Dinner. Uh, and he was out there making jokes about him being old. I don't remember what he said, but uh, uh, you know, he's trying to play it off. Yeah. And schmooze with <laughs> all those people again. Because mm-hmm. they weren't doing it for a couple of years, were they? Um, uh, I don't think they did it for a while. That's possible, like especially like during COVID. Uh, I don't think they did. I was going to say during Trump period, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. Well, oh. Um. I. Uh. I almost think that uh, given his age, um, and uh, that any almost anybody uh on the Republican Party could beat him. I still think Trump would struggle because. It's two old guys going against each other. One most people don't like, and the other most people don't pay attention to. Uh, I would actually even say that uh, I, it'd be a long shot, but 
even old Vivek Ramaswamy would have a decent shot, because... Now, who's that? Remind me. He's the uh, Indian guy, who, uh, I don't know if you've seen his recent clip when he was alone talking to Don Lemon, before Don Lemon got fired. Huh, no. Oh. Um, but he's a younger, uh, Indian fellow, uh, he's pretty, pretty reasonable guy, who's running for the Republican Party. But, um, but my point was that, uh, given that he's Biden's so old and not that likable, I think, uh, a, a young candidate could, uh, potentially beat him. Well, I'll tell you, I think there's a name, there's a guy who's about to drop his name in the hat. I don't know if you saw this headline. But um, Tim Scott's gonna have a big announcement on like Ooh, Tim Scott on like the twenty fourth or really? something like that. Yeah, of this mm. month. Tim Scott's okay. I just wonder how much of a chance he would have. And I will say this: I think he is the type of candidate that needs to be pushed and uh-huh. backed in the Republican Party going forward. Right? Candidates who are from the outside, who you know. I mean, I think we're the true patchwork and the true quilt work right and we will take anybody anybody of a reasonable mind you know Mm -hmm. and i think we need to show that more and reflect that not just a harmony but but you know how it takes all types it takes everything well i think that shows in the republican field itself how many like okay in 2016 the that race there's like 17 candidates in the republican party and Mm mm-hmm I don't know how many there were on the Democrat side, but certainly not that many. And even in 2020, there were you know a fair number, even though yes. uh, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that it was. Well, there's be been Trump. people of lots of color right. from lots of walks of life, different yeah. sexes, different businesses. Right. They've worked in government. They haven't worked in government. They've really made some good points. Some of them right. have really been fools. Sure, you know it's just like humans are human. You yeah, know? we always seem to have the most variety and you know actual diversity. But I also really think it would be good for America to mm-hmm. really have sort of. I mean, I don't really want to treat it with kid gloves, mm-hmm. but I'd love to see a conservative Obama. Right. I don't know how else to put that. Sure. So yeah, I I kind of get what you're saying. He's you know for for what it's worth, Obama was a pretty charismatic person he was able to win people over with his personality he you know mm-hmm. charmed people yes and, and he, and had he a, broke barriers right exactly and, and i'd love to see it on our side i'd love right. to see somebody break through that barrier right on the conservative side and really have a you know somebody like a, a winsome sears oh yeah she'd be good i know i mean i know and that's why i don't mind to say this because i know what i mean you know what i mean mm-hmm. i hope the listeners would know we have a long you can go back and listen to our old podcasts you know we've been doing this for a while now and we covered winsome sears mm-hmm. for example i saw her win we covered it yeah, these are the types of candidates and the types. So I, I'm really attracted to like a Tim Scott. Right. That's why I just throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful for our party. Right. I think it'd be wonderful for America. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I think Tim Scott would have a better shot than um, Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Nikki Haley is trying to uh, run possibly as uh, Trump's. Vice President, from 
what other people are also thinking. Cause, uh, might be good. I don't know. Well, it might, might be appealing. Let me say that. Well, both of them, uh, Trump and uh, Nikki Haley, are kind of attacking Ron DeSantis from the left on the whole Disney issue. And um, uh, I, I don't know the exact quote, but uh, Nikki Haley used the phrase sanctimonious. She's not going to be sanctimonious about Disney coming to South Carolina or something like that. And uh, Donald Trump likes to call Ron DeSantis Ron DeSanctimonious. Mm. So it, a few people think it seems a fairly choice word <laughs> that she used uh, there. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I think Tim Scott would be better than Nikki Haley. Um, then I also think Vivek Ramaswamy could probably be better. Oh yeah, than her. Well, really, in a way, I don't know why, but you just made DeSantis go up in my book. Because it almost makes him sound like he's got core values that Trump and Haley don't have. Right, and I think that's part of what uh, should be considered when it comes to the Republican primary. Because there are other things that uh, Trump has come from the left on with DeSantis. It's uh, Social Security. Yeah. Trump doesn't want to touch it at all. He's, he's made the promise that he's not going to touch Social Security. Well, you sort of can't because it's a bot sold and, how do you put it, bot sold and believed lie. You can't, I mean, it'd be like popping a balloon to really talk about Social Security. Well, I mean, I get that it's a tough issue to like actually work on, but I don't see why, especially if you're running for a primary, that you're going to not be conservative on that, that issue. I think because you, on oh, on the Disney issue. No, Social Security. So will you state it again? Because I'm, what's your point again? I was talking about how Donald Trump has attacked Ron DeSantis from the left on the Social Security issue. I gave that as another example. Okay. Like Trump well, then I would just agree with you and DeSantis again then, because you have to be realistic about that. And right. I don't, I'm not one who's bought into the lie. So I don't want to be treated with kid gloves. Just because everybody wants to treat Social Security with kid gloves doesn't mean I want to be treated with kid gloves. I'd love to pop that balloon. Right. I mean, from my understanding, Trump won't even doesn't even want to raise the age, Mm -hmm. much less you know anything else. But um, well, I totally hear you then. Right. I mean, because you've inspired me, and I've only been sort of. Well, I guess I've been very actively listening to you and talking back and everything, but I could just pick up from what you said. Right there, there was a dichotomy Mm -hmm. where they're kind of flip-flopping, and it it doesn't even really matter on how you feel about Disney. Sure. But it's like, oh, yeah, we'd bend over backwards to have Disney in North Carolina. Uh We'd bend over backwards to work with Disney. Right. You almost hear that, whereas DeSantis is saying, this has got to stop. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's... The elections have come to a point where we're not, we're no longer just voting for who's going to put more money back in our pockets, whether it's via lower taxes and decreased regulations, or if you're on the other side, by more subsidies or government handouts. Yeah. It's, it's beyond stuff like that. We're, we're dealing with issues of doctors mutilating children. Those are the kinds of things we're, we're going to have to start considering and voting on. Amen. Just, uh, taxes. And the Disney thing is more important than it seems, right. isn't it? Yeah. It's very interesting. It is. And, uh, you know, I think... Disney has a bad track record, too. Yeah. And, uh, 
it's yeah, it definitely has had mixed opinions in the public eye over the past uh, several decades. Walt was no saint. <laughs> no. But um, but to bring it back to Joe Biden announcing his re-election campaign, uh, like I said, I think s- since he's done that, uh, the Democrat Party's pretty much stuck with him. Uh, I still wouldn't be surprised if come, you know, primary season next January, they try pushing somebody else out to get the nomination. But uh, they're stuck with them, and I still think uh, uh, Trump has a tough time beating them. I don't think he's completely out of the count. Like I said in the last episode, if he can focus on the comparison of the two administrations and not make it about himself, I think he might have a better shot. Um, And then, as I said just a moment ago, I think any of the younger uh, well, not any, but a few of the younger Republican potential nominees would have a pretty good shot. Well, time will tell. Exactly. And with that, we'll move on to our next subject, which I believe is Russia, 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 and Ukraine. Of course. Yep. Russia. Yeah, they've been uh, amping up their... Uh, moves, I guess, lately, because recently the Ukrainian uh, army or military had been fighting back the Russians pretty good, and now uh, it seems like I've heard reports that Putin's trying to round up like 300,000 more soldiers, Yep, something like that. Well, and I just saw this morning um, that there's now a big mass exodus from mm-hmm. Russia because all yep. these young men who are terrified that they're going to be drafted mm-hmm. are trying to flee, flee into you know some of the neighboring states like Croatia and, right. and uh, whatever else is around there. My geography is not my strongest subject, but um, yeah, I think I even saw uh, a headline of an article the other day saying they were stopping flights. Out of Russia. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, because if that's really his goal is to draft these men, mm-hmm. uh, can't just let them out. Right? <laughs> no way. You better <laughs> shut down the border. <laughs> right. So um, anyway, that's interesting. But I've also heard a couple of times. I think I only sent you the one link mm-hmm. to put in the show notes. But um, I've heard a couple of times that he's been talking nuclear He's been threatening uh-huh. nukes uh, quite a bit, amping that up quite a bit. Yeah, um, uh, I think I just heard this morning that he originally t- uh, talked about it way back, not long after the uh, conflict started back in February, and now he's talking about it again since he seems to be uh, flailing in his attempts to take over the Ukraine, or whatever he's trying to do. Yeah, and I think one of the videos that I sent you to put in the show notes is our um, Secretary what of Interior, what Kirby, John Kirby. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what he is right now. But he was out, um, and he did a press release uh, basically talking back to the Russians and saying that if they make any kind of nuclear move, that mm-hmm. they will be met sort of like what Trump said, you know, like with fire and fury kind of thing, or right. that there will be uh, 
um, devastating consequences, some, something along those lines. Uh, you could go and watch right. the video yourself, but, you know, it's just sort of scary, even even though I don't believe that this is going to happen. I don't think right. it's going to heat up. We're going to end up having nuclear war. I don't think the people of Russia would put up with it. No, you know? I don't think so either. But just to hear the United States and Russia doing this sort of you nuke us, we'll nuke you, mm-hmm. we'll nuke each other kind of talk again right. is sort of scary. It's like Cold War 2.0. Yeah, it's like it never ended in a right. way. Yeah, Like we're right back in it again. Right? Um, and then meanwhile, you still have you know tr- China trying to make nice with Russia. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, a lot of people believe that even though Russia is the most you know, active adversary of ours right now, China's the most important one to keep an eye on. They're like a sleeping giant yeah. or sleeping tiger or whatever. I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've said it before here on this channel. I really believe that China is the real threat to America, not Russia. I right. think it's a lot of political theater and stuff, but... right. But another thing on the back of this um, is that there's a story out that North Korea is mm. once again yep. testing and firing off missiles. Right. Uh, we sort of talked about this earlier this year. They were launching missiles right around January, February, February, February. Goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's no surprise. Um, it's not a surprise at all. As soon as I saw the story, yeah. I said, oh, great. I said, it's like Obama's in office again. Right, yep. <clears throat> yeah, because you didn't see the the amount of this activity from them so much when Trump was in office. No. So, he went over there and... Uh, yeah, we made pretty made good nice with, with everybody. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, then, then in, uh, you put a Democrat in charge and the world goes to hell. Right. How do you like that? Well, it, I mean... Both, you know, Trump made nice, and I think the Democrats are making nice, but in a different way. Like, Trump went over there, and he was nice about being, you know, aggressive and kind of maybe one of the uh, offensive or defensive, I don't know which one's proper. But with the Democrats, they're making nice by tolerating it and... Appeasing. Yeah, and and appeasing. uh Yep. It's the way it always is. Right. Here, we'll give you $92 billion if you stop. Please stop. <laughs> and we'll fly in pallets of cash, uh-huh. Iran. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah, it is. It's and well, we talk- ought to be able to see. I'm sure the people of this channel can see it for what it is. Oh, but yeah. I don't see why more people don't. Like why anybody would vote for a Democrat in this mm-hmm. cycle is beyond me. I don't understand it. Right. 